0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Talking Points with me, Tomo, and my humble, esteemed colleague, Aldas. Welcome to everyone watching on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are in the world. Aldas, what are we talking about today, mate? Today we're going to be talking about the Sao Paulo Brazilian, whatever you want
1: to call it, Grand Prix. It was an amazing, not just race, but weekend in general. And yeah, it's going to be, it's
0: definitely a spicy one. I can't wait. Back in Interlagos, we missed out last year. One of my favourite tracks for sure. It and, made up, no doubt about it. And a sprint quality weekend. So the format was a little different. So we'll start with Friday. We've got to give a little shout out. Um, although before that, before Friday, got to say about 15 minutes before we went live, Jovanazzi has been announced as departing Alfa Romeo and Guanyu Zhou is officially going to be an Alpine, not an Alpine driver, an Alfa Romeo driver. Alongside I was going to say, Ferrari Fernando Bias. Alonso
1: losing his seat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Out of nowhere. Just the double swish on Alpine. What do you think? Quick one. I mean,
1: we all saw it coming pretty much. Yeah. I mean, once it appeared in that Chinese Alfa Romeo like car dealership for anyone that saw that on Twitter, I mean, that was definitely official. I mean, that was just brilliant. But yeah, we all saw it coming. I feel like Gio, as much as he's turned it up in the last kind of few races, He's had, what, two and a bit years now, three years to kind of really yeah. prove that he should be at that team for the long term. And he still hasn't been able to outperform, you know, Kimi Räikkönen. So as much as I'm going to miss the Italian Jesus, I kind of, you know, I, I, I don't blame him.
0: Lovely bloke. Good in qualifying. I think, you know, firmly on top of Kimi most of the time. But yeah, in the races, Räikkönen would typically take the lead and is head yeah. points wise this year. So, you know, I'm not surprised. And Joe, you know, he's second in F2. I know he's bringing a lot of financial backing, but... I'm interested to see how how he will do next year. But, yeah, um, I
1: feel like there was a, a little bit of... Uh, I feel like maybe it's behind the whole Oscar Piastri thing, but there's a lot of negativity around this move. But I'm actually really excited. I think he's a good driver. He's a, he's had quite a lot of time to mature in Formula 2 as well. So hopefully he's not going to be kind of on the Yuki Tsunoda because Yuki was obviously really quickly into AlphaTauri. So mm. he's had a lot of time. He's going to have a lot of time to prepare and hopefully he's going to deliver. I'm actually really excited to see a, a Chinese
0: driver in Formula 1. Exactly. First time ever, I believe. Um, but anyway, on to Friday. Qualifying, Q one, Q2, Q3 qualifying, traditional qualifying. I guess the big talking point, mate, is that Lewis put it on pole comfortably. And some, yeah. I mean a four tenths or something like that. Around a one minute eight circuit as well, one of the shortest tracks on the calendar. That's insane.
1: Exactly. And the thing is, even when you look at I mean Max Verstappen was still second, so although Mercedes were clearly quick. You know, the Red Bull wasn't exactly bad, but Lewis, like if you just watched his lap, he was hooked up the entire mm. time through the corners. It was beautiful. And then obviously he had that brand new power unit uh, on the straights as well. So a really good lap. And, you know, before all of the chaos kicked off, a really big kind of statement in terms of, mm-hmm. I mean, Max had a great kind of day in uh, or
0: weekend in Mexico. He definitely needed that pole lap. hundred percent. And, you know, it was one of them where... I mean, I wasn't expecting it going into the weekend. Obviously, we knew Mercedes was bringing the new ice, which they took the five-place penalty for in the race. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that coming at all. Um, and unfortunately for Lewis, well, say unfortunately, it all turned out all right in the end. Um, but what do you make of the penalty? Disqualification from qualifying sent to the back for the sprint race.
1: To be honest, I don't make anything I I don't have too much to say it was totally fair if a car fails scrutineering there's not really a case for it and especially when it's something like that which is just black and white like Mm. something just failed I know obviously there was that whole drama with Max touching the rear wing Did he break it? No, he did not. Uh, but that was brilliant. I mean, everyone everyone's... Max lo-
0: Swolstappen just
1: snaps the rear wing with his bare hands. He just touched and the car snapped. Uh, it was just... Some I think they wins. said afterwards it was just a failed part. Because yeah, yeah. one side of the wing apparently did pass, but yep. the other one didn't. So Correct. clearly it was just something failed. And uh, I mean, it is what it is. He deserved to get disqualified. You don't want to see it, but it's a fair cop
0: 0.2 of a millimeter is three hair follicles but a fa- i i agree failures as soon as you start making allowances and like oh well it we only failed by this much then you just open up it just muddies the water like it was the same with seb in hungary yeah like it was a technical fault that led him to using more fuel than he should have in this instance you know th- you know there's there's i'm sorry you can't you can't you cannot convince me that he gained any competitive advantage for one side of the yeah. rear wing being 0.2 of a millimeter. Like, like no, no, I'm sorry. Every
1: didn't. single thing I've read that about nonsense. it since, everything says that it's so minute. Something like that is so minute. You'd gain more time in terms of getting a better exit, going into like, you know, Jun Kao, like getting onto that straight. So it's so minute. It doesn't make any difference. But the really interesting thing is about this whole like... DRS Wingate, if you want to call it, is that the reason why Max was actually touching in the first place is because Red Bull did think that something was going on. And he was kind of, the reason why he actually touched it is because he wanted to see, kind of compare it to his car in terms of what's the material feel like? Is there something that isn't quite right with that rear wing? And it was just a pure coincidence that Mm. it then kind of failed scrutineering, but it set us up for an unbelievable weekend. So in the end, it did kind of work out for Mercedes.
0: Yeah, because that's the thing. Obviously, this is the third and final sprint race of this year. Um, We know that F1 are planning on rolling out more next year. And, you know, I would say this was probably the best received sprint race of the season, but, Let's be real as well. If Lewis had started on P1, you know, his moves through the field were what made it apart from Norris Leclerc had a good little scrap in, in sprint quality. Other than that, it was, it probably wouldn't have been as exciting as Lewis ended up making it. Right. It's so difficult. I mean,
1: we've had three of these and I'm still finding it difficult to judge what I think of the whole sprint quality, because you have to look at it in terms of the entire weekend, because it sets us up for the race. Mm -hmm. Now, Again, if Lewis wasn't starting at the back, what would we have seen? Now, don't get me wrong. There was a pretty good battle, I think, between Norris and Sainz or some of the Ferraris and McLaren. So yeah, they definitely were pushing. There's no doubt yeah. about it. But if Lewis wasn't there, what else would we have had?
0: Yeah, it's, 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 it's I think that's the, a critique that a lot of levelled at it, which I understand in terms of like... But but for, for me, and again, the norris her battle was a prime example. Personally, I don't feel like I'm seeing drivers drive less aggressively you know i feel like drivers are just as opportunistic in the sprint races the reason i feel that you know yes lewis made good moves through the field um credit to him but as well the drivers that he's passing they know is it it's not worth them putting up a massive fight and compromising their line because they might get jumped by someone else coming back um, and when you've got such a big pace discrepancy from the top cars and the lower cars where lewis was starting around you know i think that's going to happen but also like credit to lewis like he got up to what fifth in the end got lando um, just before the end like i mean predictions going in i think he was only expecting to get up to about 10th um yeah. yes that mercedes obviously new is you know i probably that was the fastest package Lewis at Hamilton Logos. at the wheel as well. Exactly. When you put them two together, like it was it was like, uh, it was was like amazing how quickly, what, it was 16 places he made up in, what, 24 laps? Something like that. Yeah, I think it was, well, 15 places because he got 15, up to fifth. But
1: it was just an amazing performance, uh, I think. And even though all of these people are saying about the brand new engine and the Mercedes, but when you actually watch it, it was incredible how he was trying different lines. It's not as easy as it looks. When you give someone that no. car and when you tell them, especially, you know, make up 15 places in 24 laps... It's one thing to say it, and it's one thing to actually see Lewis Hamilton kind of actually do it, but it's so difficult, and I don't think... There's always this kind of argument with Lewis Hamilton in the car, but I don't think there is enough appreciation for just how good some of his racecraft was, because it actually wasn't as easy as I think people kind of make it out to be.
0: No, I completely agree. It's very easy to just say, oh, it's all the car. Or it's like, okay, if you just say that, then you, you, you're not interested in having like a nuanced discussion around it, you know what I mean? And, and I think as well, when we saw in the race... Um yes, obviously Lewis went on to win and did pass Max and did have more pace, but the pace discrepancy between Lewis and Max wasn't like it wasn't like a massive golf. Like it took like Max stayed ahead for a for, for a sizable chunk of that race. And I suppose we'll get onto the race, because obviously Lewis did start tenth, took that five pla- five place penalty, qualified fifth, tenth. Um, and actually, oh, before we get into that, I do want to quickly shout out someone before we get into the race, Carlos Sainz. What a fantastic sprint race from the man. Oh, Bottas did brilliant. well as well, but science for me was was the pick of the sprint. He
1: really did, yeah. I mean, that battle we had with Max, I mean, he was not holding back. No. He wanted to hold on to that position. That was a really good battle. And I mean... At this point I mean Carlos Sainz that's just him isn't it He's just he's a top front Kip runner Perez
0: behind on the soft tire as well which wasn't
1: the tire made it work as well we know Carlos yeah. Sainz uh, and to be honest that's actually one thing that is quite cool about the sprint in terms of we all thought oh, they going to there's no pit stops they're going to start on the same tires it's going to be boring but there is a bit of strategy in there some people are going for the medium some people are going for the softs you have to make the softs work both uh, Bottas and Sainz did that perfectly mm. so
0: uh, yeah I mean it was quite it was really good from science. us, Science and Hamilton had very, very good sprint race. Um, but there weren't really any incidents in the sprint race. Can't same can't be said for the race itself. So um I I guess for me there were there were kind of you know there were three main incidents in the race. Um, you know, off the off the line. You know, Max gets the kind of jump. I mean, the Red Bulls are running 1-2. I think we all saw that coming, by the way. I mean,
1: I just, I I was looking at that. Bartas Verstappen.
0: I just knew. You can always bet your house on it, the fact that Max was going to jump in. But also, like, again, Brazil, Interlagos, you know, P1 starts on the outside, which, you know, you think probably is a bit of a, we're getting back to Senna-Suzuka days, talking about, you know, (laughs) P1 started on the outside. But it it is true. Like, uh, there is a distinguishable advantage. And, uh, yeah, obviously, Max made the move. Um, Lando could have been challenging Perez. He got a fantastic start, did Lando Norris. But him and his Carlos best Sainz, mate, yeah. Carlos Sainz, the relationship is over. Everyone on Twitter, heart, heart's breaking. Um, what did you make of it? I think, I mean, first of all,
1: Netflix are going to have a field day with oh, that one. Absolutely. Carl Lando, the relationship, it's all falling <laughs> apart. That's it. The, the, be- the, uh, the bromance is over. But it was a little bit, I feel like it was more on Lando. He was just a little bit too aggressive in coming over. When you actually look at Carlos Sainz's on board, he does start moving left and kind of to try and give Lando more space. But I think Lando was just a little bit too aggressive in moving over and ultimately it cost him. And I think this is now a bit of a wider conversation in terms of, I know the Ferrari is the better car, Mm -hmm. but Ricardo, you know, being in front of both of the Ferraris in Mexico and crashing into the back of Bottas, a bit of a bad move by Lando here when again, he was in front of both of the Ferraris. Like I'm not saying McLaren are throwing it away, but they're certainly
0: doing something like that. I know, I know what you mean. I feel like, yes, Ferrari. You know, even if Ricardo hadn't retired in this race, if if Lando had hadn't had the incident, um, I still think over the course of from now to the end of the year, Ferrari do have the the better package overall, and they've got two drivers who are operating very close to the ceiling. Whereas I still think Ricardo still needs a bit of been, work.
1: I mean, especially Carlos
0: Sainz, he's been doing that since the beginning. Pretty much, close. pretty much, yeah. But also, like, yeah, I, I agree that. McLaren have also squandered opportunity. This is the second weekend in a row they've only scored one point overall, Lando. Coming from the back for, from both races, to be fair to him, it was a very solid drive when he actually got it around. Helped, of course, by um, the safety car. Um, but yeah, I agree. Lando, definitely a- and also or by the way i don't think that that there should have been a penalty for that that's no, 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 just no, that's no. just
1: the racing incident at the beginning on lap 1 and i just think it was a yeah. bit more on
0: lando but agreed a
1: learning experience
0: yeah he just jinx over a little bit too soon um but yeah other than that obviously you know that first lap was was pretty clean for everyone else obviously perez perez made a good move on bottas bottas did kind of you know turn 4 he was on the inside kind of outbraked himself a bit um and then just perez just swooped on through and it was looking Looking very good for Red Bull at that stage. Um, another instant we need to talk about, and this is one I feel quite, you know, because I, because I, I very much disagree with what I have seen to be the general consensus on this one, is Yuki Sonoda versus Lance Stroll. Outass, what did you make of it, mate? See, that actually surprised me because
1: I thought I was kind of in the minority. When I actually saw it, I thought, <laughs> when I actually watched it and I saw Yuki's on board, I thought, okay, I get why they gave a penalty and maybe it does look bad, but when I actually really saw it. He gets the car under control. Like, he braced. He's not locking up out of control. He gets the car hooked up on that inside curb, and he's not, he's not sliding out of the corner. And I feel like... Do you, know what it, do you know what it reminded me of? In, like, China back in, like, 2015, when Verstappen was in the Toro, Rosso, he made this ridiculous move on, I think it was, like, Felipe Naza into by the end of the straight in China. And Felipe backed out of it because he saw how late Max was kind of, you know, dive-bombing him. What is it? Lance Stroll didn't do that. He kind of just turned in, and I I feel like it was a bit harsh, actually. I thought that was a fair move. I mean, yes, it was right on the limit. I would actually put it down to a racing incident. I don't think it was crazy, but maybe you do look at Yuki Tsunoda and you look at the season he's having and say Mm -hmm. maybe shouldn't have made it there. But in terms of the move in isolation, I actually don't think it was as bad as a lot of people are making it out.
0: Yeah, I completely... I, like, when I watched it live, even though Hayden was on the wind-up, because obviously he's, he's Lance Stroll's biggest fan, um, even he, like, I was like... Well, you keep to know that took him out. No. Disqualification. It's, it's, he got... He was at least... I analysed it frame by frame on my live stream. At Did least... You? At least 70% of the way alongside. He'd slowed down, because remember, Yuki had the tyre advantage as well. He, had, he, yeah. he was on softs, Lance was on mediums. Um, so we could break that a little bit later. And he got the car's, car slowed down. He made the corner by every estimation. I, I don't know, I've seen a lot of people say he didn't make the corner. Like, he did. what? He was going. He slowed. His relative speed to Lance was identical once he'd slowed down relative. Lance just took the corner as if he wasn't there. He just did not expect Yuki to be there in any way, shape, or form, which I, I understand because Yuki came from very far back. But. He's got mirrors. Like, for me, that's more on... And he knows Yuki's behind him stroll. Yeah. I mean, of course he knows he's behind yeah, yeah. him So, And, and, and I, I don't know, like, I I, I don't like to... I, I do feel like... And look, we're all guilty of this with, with certain drivers who have kind of a reputation. Yuki's not had the best reputation this year in terms of incidents and that. But I do feel like, you know, because it was Yuki Sonoda, it was like the immediate assumption was that he's gone for a dive bomb and it's not on. But actually, when you actually look at it, I think if you're 70% alongside... You are entitled to space. That's my opinion on racing. That's we had this whole exactly, discussion yeah. in Austria, didn't we? Like how much, how much, how far alongside do you have to be to be entitled to space? And for me, he was entitled to space. The didn't give it to him. And for me,
1: again, I come back to the fact that he was in control of the car. He was in a good position. He was entitled to space, and he wasn't locking up and steaming into the side of him. Lance just kind of, I think he just, well, I don't, I don't know what he thought. Lance I just it, took the
0: corner like a normal.
1: Exactly. Yeah, normal, but you can't. I mean. Normal. It's a really weird one with Lance because I'm not saying it was his fault, but I also don't think it was a 10 second. I think they gave Yuki in terms ten of penalty seconds. That to me is just a racing incident where none of the drivers wanted so to harsh. give up after a legitimate move. So yeah, it's kind of strange that we're against the grain on that one, but I definitely agree with you. I think, yeah. And I do see what you mean about the Yuki reputation. People just go oh, off course, it's Yuki. So of course he should get a penalty because he's over aggressive." But
0: to me, that was a fair move. I agree. Um, but yeah, it ended up being a bit of a bit of an L for him. Unfortunately, he finished 15th in the end. Um, and then the final incident. We'll get onto the head-to-heads <laughs> afterwards. The final incident was between who was it again? It was between Fernando. Uh, Fern- no. <laughs> not everything's Fernando and Albon. Um, <laughs> no, it was between <laughs> Lewis. That's next year. Uh, that's next year. Oh god, imagine that. Um, <laughs> Lewis and Max Verstappen, uh, turn four, lap like you know, forty-eight. Lewis is on the attack. He's got a very good, you know, he's compromised Max's line going into turn one because he's kind of shown him, yeah, Max has had to go on the inside a bit. Um, that's compromised his line coming out. Turn, one, um, turn four, bit of DRS as well. Lewis on the outside into the braking zone. L- Lewis is ahead going into the braking zone. Max breaks a little bit later, which is very, very entitled to do. Um, puts his car slightly ahead of, back ahead of Lewis's. And then they both go out wide. Max retains the position. What do you think, well, I mean, you said it right
1: there, Max breaks late, but he doesn't make the corner. and the reason why they both go off wide. Lewis was making that corner. he was on the he was on the racing line, he was breaking at the right time, he was turning in and the only reason that Lewis wasn't able to make the overtake kind of stick is because he was forced off by someone who was not in control of his car and by someone who was just who was just breaking a little bit too late on a compromise line as well. and that's why when I don't even talk when I don't even mention their names to me right there that's that's a penalty. To me, that's or certainly maybe not a five second or a ten second, but I think Max should have been instructed to give the position back it, because he defended and just remember Lewis was ahead, like you said, and the only reason that Lewis was not able to maintain that position is because he was illegally took, he was illegally kind of pushed off the track by Max. That to me is a position swap. That's kind of my thirty second summation right there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. If, if this is Antonio Giovinazzi and Esteban Ocon exactly, fighting yeah. for P thirteen, then it's not it's not a debate. You know, no one no one's debating it and that's why when you don't even mention their names and just talk about uh, you know a random incident yeah. that
1: is not that's not right i mean their racing has been so on the edge and i've been kind of as long as they keep it on the track even if you're washing out and you're just forcing another driver off the track but you stay on the you know within the confines of the circuit that's fine that's super aggressive that's what we want to see but when you literally misjudge your breaking point and go off the track that to me is now just over the line and it doesn't matter who you are whether you're you know yuki Tsunoda or max verstappen at some point, there's got to be a line drawn by the stewards. And I feel like they took the biggest L out of anyone.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's one of them that, you know, we've seen this numerous times in the past. Again, I, I always refer to the the 2019 Leclerc-Hamilton-Monza yeah. uh, incident. And Ooh. it's like, you can't, the thing is, right, for me, you, you can't be officiating the sport. You can't, you can't be um, refereeing the sport in a different way based on, you know, who the drivers are or who, like imagine that in football, imagine like it's the Champions League final and the ref's like, no, I'm not going to give any red cards. I like, I understand that like, you know, that there's more pressure and and the stewards don't want to get in the way when it's Max and Lewis battling at this stage of the championship. I understand that. But at the same time, it's slam dunk. It's, it's, it is, it's clearly, it's clearly a penalty. Like, Max, Max, he's like four, or five car widths off. Like we've we've all seen the wide shot yeah. of how far off the track he is, and he's on the inside line, doesn't even come close to the apex. And look, it's one of them things that, again, the Silverstone incident. I thought Lewis was more at fault. Monza. I thought was 50 50, pretty much, maybe slightly more max. This, though, there's no, it just yeah. clearly is. But that's what I mean. I, I don't, I don't agree. I understand that it's difficult for the stewards, and a lot of people would have been frustrated if they'd have been like, you know, Max, you're going to have to give the Lewis, um, the position to Lewis, because we knew Lewis had the quicker package, was just going to drive away, which he did. Fortunately, get the move done in the end. And that's why Lewis, I don't think, you know, afterwards they were asking him about it oh my god he didn't really bite though because he didn't need to which i i I appreciate that because you know if he hadn't have got the move done then i think that would have been messy and lewis is
1: he's got a calm head on him like he doesn't he doesn't usually bite or stuff like that anyway he'll have a little dig but Mm. nothing too controversial but i mean again there was that big talk of you know the fact that there was a massive runoff area so max always knew that there's no, there's no gravel trap, there's no wall. If something goes wrong, then you know, I can just keep going and kind of sort the penalty out later. So, yeah, I feel like Max took liberties in that corner, it was just over the line, in my opinion. And it deserved again, maybe not a penalty, but he should have been instructed to give the position back because he held on to it illegally.
0: Yeah, and also, like, again, I, I, I know people are saying, Oh, we haven't got Max's on ball, blah blah blah. To me, like, to me, the intent doesn't really matter, like, the outcome is the outcome. Um, and also. Okay, maybe Max does open up the steering that doesn't necessarily mean he's like that he could be correct and oversteer. They have got all the telemetry anyway, they know exactly what Max But is they didn't look worth. at it
1: because they didn't basically the way it works is that if you only note an incident and you don't even investigate it, which yeah, they didn't, they, they don't look at any onboards, they don't look at any telemetry. They just let that go. And that is the yeah. biggest problem to me. That's why I'm not frustrated with Max because no, 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 he, he no, no, did no. exactly what he would do in that situation and we know he would. But, not at all. But the stewards to set that kind of precedent, to not even investigate it, it's so... I mean, anyone could do that now. You know, when they see Max doing it at the front, anyone could do that in the midfield. And the fact that it wasn't investigated, the fact that there was no on board, that was a really strange one to me. I mean, I can't believe they don't have
0: access to that. Well, but according to producer Matt, the, the whole... The, that they have like access to numerous feeds on the car and obviously with the, the live feed they switch between, but you you can download other feeds after the fact, but it takes a lot of time. Yeah. And obviously again, I suppose, you know, and it has still not done. as we're recording, still not been released. I'm going to find those tapes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to find it. Aldous on it. Look, cause at the end of that, I like, I guess in terms of putting that out there into the world, like I feel like the race is done. It's only going to, we're only going to see Max's on board if Mercedes decide to, you know, launch some kind of investigation into it, I guess. But I, I, I don't see that happening to I'm be not, honest. It's it, just going to be a conspiracy theory. I think. Yeah, I'm not here like
1: throwing, con- you know, conspiracy theories or <laughs> hoping for, uh, you know, a post race penalty. Know, That's I not what I'm were, saying. Though. But now there is not a single person that can convince me that there is no bias in terms of the top teams and like the teams in the midfield. Like there is blatantly like some kind of, I called it, what is it? Like some kind of top team. They get away with it basically because they want the show to continue. They want, they just want no penalties. And they've seen some of the backlash as well. Like if you remember uh, with Max and Charles in Austria, 2019, Seb and Lewis in Canada, Canada. 2019. So now they're almost thinking like, we'll just leave them to it. But at some point there's got to be a line drawn yeah and top team privilege. That's why I called it top team privilege. That's And I don't want to see that because then it just muddies the waters, especially when it happens further down. F1
0: drivers can't be trusted to play by the rules, especially in which again, I don't regret like even Christian Horner afterwards said if he was like, the shoe was on the other foot, he would have, he would have appealed it, um, which I think was as as close as we're going to get from Christian to admitting that, you know, it it was a penalty. Um, But anyway, they're the incidents. Now let's get into the head to head part of uh, the podcast where we will go through all of the driver pairings and decide which driver from each team came out on top relative to their teammate. Let's start with Mercedes because they were the fastest this weekend and old habits die hard. Um Lewis Valtteri I mean fair play Valtteri had a very good sprint race, not great off the start, kind of sport his race there, got quite fortunate with the VSC to get ahead of Perez as well. Um not a bad weekend from Valtteri for me, but Lewis Hamilton one of his best for sure.
1: Yeah, and obviously we haven't actually talked about it, but I mean, just his performance. I mean, that was an unbelievable weekend through the pressure of the championship, the pressure of being behind, then all of the nonsense about, well, you know, being, being disqualified and starting at the back in the sprint and making it up to P fifteen. That drive over the over the course of the entire weekend was just unbelievable. It doesn't matter Not if he's perfect, got wrong. exactly. I mean, yes, he might have the best package and he does have a fresh engine, but he had to take a hit for that engine. Like you know, mm. he didn't get that for free, and I feel like this was his back against the wall an incredible performance and he chased down and he really kind of grabbed that win mm-hmm. that was lewis hamilton going out and just being at his absolute best and i feel like that was a statement drive that was a really big one for anyone that thought that this championship
0: was going to be over after mexico that was lewis hamilton kind of sending a message 10 out of 10 weekend because as well like it's coming through the field from you know 20th and then from 10th you know it's not easy to not get caught up in the shenanigans of other drivers around you and the way he positioned his car was for me particularly impressive. It was brilliant. Um, the Some sprint. of the, And
1: again, you have to kind of really, you have to appreciate what he's doing beyond the, he's got the quickest car because I see that all the time. But when you actually watch him race, just he barely makes any mistakes. He's pushing all the time. He was in Max's dirty air the entire time yeah. and still hounding him. So and at the end, you know, with a 20, basically a 25 per, what was it, place penalty. And yeah, 90, basically. 96 laps altogether when you count both the sprint and the race. Yeah. That's what he had to overcome. And he did a, that was just one of the, his best ever performances. It was a
0: top drive, especially considering this year. He For me, he's not been quite at the, uh, the, the mistakes have yes. been there this year for sure. Um, but this drive was absolute top tier. So, I mean, Lewis is going to take the head to head. Incredibly. But fair play Valtteri also, you know, P3 in the end. Not bad. Um, Red Bull. Max, Sergio. Max didn't really do much wrong, did he? Let's be real. Not only that, but because he was second in
1: the sprint, he actually kind of, obviously, I know Lewis won the race, but instead of Lewis gaining seven points, he only gained five because Max gained two points in the sprint as well. So it's a really good, you know, Lewis was amazing. Don't get me wrong, but Max, that was a brilliant kind of damage limitations race Mm. on kind of a weekend where maybe the car wasn't quite there. And that shows that consistency and that kind of ability of Max every single weekend to always be there, always pressuring Mercedes and it was a great weekend from him. You know, obviously I, I do think that, you know, that mistake aside, it was a good weekend.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, that the whole penalty thing, I don't, I don't, I don't really begrudge Max for that because ultimately like he's going to do what he can in that instance to keep Lewis behind. It did. And he didn't get a penalty for it. So, I mean, we talk about, you know, when Fernando finessed the system at Russia, (laughs) well, I feel like, you know, these, these drivers, probably have a good idea how the steward is going to go. And Max has probably got that. you know, If he's going to get away with it, you know, this is the context. He's going to probably get he away with. You can see that there's like some that.
1: leniency when you're fighting up. Exactly.
0: Right? So I can't begrudge Max for that. Um Sergio. A really strong weekend, actually. Very good, and actually. He,
1: I think he would have perhaps stayed ahead of uh, Valtteri had it not been for that uh, VSC pit stop that Valtteri
0: did under True. under the VSC. Only a tenth behind Max in qualifying as well. I think it's exactly. 0. 0.101 seconds behind Max. So I know it's a short track, but also that gap is, has not been, you know, that gap hasn't been, the quality gap hasn't been much better than Gasly or Albon's, but... Yeah, Gazin album were never getting within point one of a second. Of and Max it's, ever. Really, so. it's really, it's
1: really. Now he's on a bit of a roll. I know that he wasn't strong in qualifying in Turkey, but I felt like that was the big weekend where I was like, you know, that he has got some serious pace, especially in the race versus Lewis. And then we saw the USA, and then we, you know, and then we saw Mexico. He's really turned it up, and I'm so happy to see him as an as a proper front runner every single weekend now.
0: Yeah, I, for me, I'm going to give it to Max still because yeah, Perez couldn't get past um, Science in the sprint race, which I feel like really. I I know it probably wouldn't have made much much of a difference positionally but I think you know Carlos was on the softs which wasn't the tire to be on and maybe put in make the race at the beginning though past
1: Passed both signs and then Bottas True as well.
0: true but in this yeah I, I I I just about but good weekend for both I think Over, yeah, definitely. O, overall damage limitation again pretty decent um Ferrari another good weekend for Ferrari You know, I really
1: want to give it to science, but I'm just going to give it to Leclerc because the race is where the the points, well, technically not because you do get points for the sprint, but the big points are handed out in the race. And I feel like Leclerc was just a little bit, a little bit better. But again, I mean, the fact that they're so close, I think just says everything about that team
0: and where they're going. Yeah, it is super marginal, isn't it? Because like, yeah, Leclerc finished ahead, but then that gap between them was pretty much the same the whole race. I think it ended up being about four seconds in the end. Um, and I think that's them just controlling it, to be honest. I yeah, think they were pushing. exactly. Because they knew they weren't going to catch the, the cars ahead and, and they kept a nice little buffer behind. Um, but I was so impressed by Science's sprint race. I'm going to give it to Science.
1: I don't blame you. Well, I think we had this like, same so discussion. Good, probably. I think, I think we had the same discussion in the last race, whether yeah. or oh, do we go Science, do we go Leclerc. Again, I mean, the fact that it's so close is just It's great. a good
0: problem for Ferrari to have when both of your drivers are operating at such a good level. So yeah. credit to Ferrari. McLaren and... Again, another one point weekend. Do you know um, what? I'm going to give it to Ricardo on this one because I feel like even though
1: Lando was you know ahead of the start, he did make that mistake, and Ricardo had to retire with an engine with a I think an engine issue. So, yeah, I'm going to give it to Daniel because that mistake really did cost them.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can't I can't disagree. Um, you know, Daniel's DNF was through no fault of his own. I think he had a he said he lost power, and I think it was a crack in his um, chassis or something. That Might I, be I a little afterwards. bit worrying
1: to Mercedes. Do you think?
0: Maybe, maybe. I mean, uh, you know, Mercedes engine reliability has been a topic. You know, yes, Lewis is extracting a lot of power at the minute, but is that going to one DNF can change everything? And also, um, by the way, just really
1: quickly on the whole PU thing, is that the reason? One of the reasons why Lewis was so quick is because this power unit is not supposed to be doing you know seven or eight races. It's only got the last four, mm-hmm. so they really have cranked it up to a hundred. But the there tolerances. might be, yeah, exactly. There might be some reliability issues. He's kind of playing with fire
0: a little bit there. It's true, but I, I think I think McLaren. Probably know now that third is third is gone they can just consolidate um but yeah it's a, it's a shame it, it'd have been interesting to see where daniel would have finished it been fascinating to see if lando could have got perez at the start and how that could have changed you know changed the game because we know that mclaren's very quick particularly in the straight line yeah um but yeah i'm gonna give it to i'm gonna give it to daniel as well producer matt's very happy yeah. about that ricky bobby yeah well done um alfa pierre gasly yuki sunoda um, as much as I think Yuki was shafted in terms of that decision, it's another fantastic weekend for Pierre Gasly. Another top six quali- qualifying, fourteen times in nineteen. Mental. Uh, what he's is he's qualified Test in the top him. six? It's mad. It's mad. So, so good from Pierre and. He lost a position in the race technically, um, but obviously that's Lewis coming through the field, isn't it? Really, yeah. so he didn't really lose position. Um, he did have a good little scrap with the Alpines as well.
1: Of course, it's going to be gasly, and so yeah, Pierre. I mean, he's just he's just smashing it. What else do we have to
0: say? I mean, every single weekend, the gravy is different with him. But um, also, yeah, I think I think all in all, pretty all right weekend for Sonoda. I know he I didn't get through to Q three. Um, I, again, I think I think Lance was more at fault for the incident, to be yeah. honest. I think he's entitled to make the move. And he did he did get through to Q2 on one set of softs as well, Yeah, which did give him a little bit of an advantage in the rest that he wasn't able to act out on. So, yeah, exactly. well done, Gasly. Um, Aston Martin, Vettel Stroll. I mean, definitely
1: Sebastian Vettel. I feel like he couldn't quite make the strategy work. I think he got caught in a bit of traffic or something, but he had actually had a really strong weekend because he was right up there in the sprint. He was right up there in the race as well, right at the beginning. But... I didn't actually quite see what happened to him. Maybe he got caught out by the VSC. I don't know, but it just didn't quite work out in the end. But yeah. another strong performance though, we're seeing a bit more consistency. And this is something that we've been saying, especially we know that his highs have been amazing, but these last few weekends, there's been a bit more consistency
0: now. Definitely hundred percent. I-, I feel like he's now firmly kind of on top in, in the bat in the battle between yes. him and stroll, just in terms of performances. Like it was a really good drive from Seb actually. He was running like P7 at one stage. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think it was a combination of strategy and, and the VSC you know, I know the VSC helped out Ocon, for example, who, you know, was behind him and finished ahead, a um, fell down to P11. But in terms of what Sebastian could control, I think it was a pretty faultless weekend from him, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Lance, not good, went out in Q1. For me, he's more at fault for the u k incident and ended up DNFing. I, I think it was a uh, not... I, he was he was my struggle with the weekend. I didn't think he had a very good weekend at I all. I don't
1: blame you. And now we're seeing, again, the last five, six races... Contact with Seb in Monza. Contact with Seb again in Russia. Crashing out in Mexico. Another kind of the last half of the season has been a bit scrappy for Lance because mm. he was on this again. We talked about it so many times. He was on this kind of crazy run where even though he was behind Seb in the championship, he scored more like on
0: more occasions. Yeah, a but more. these
1: last few five six races, it's not looking good.
0: Yeah, not not the best day for Sir Lance a lot. Yeah, um, who should we talk about next? Alpha Romeo. Let's talk about. An- Outgoing Antonio Giovinazzi and Kimi Ruckinen.
1: Uh Kimi starting from the back, I think finished P twelve, so a pretty yeah. good recovery actually. And again, good point. Finished Alfa ahead of Romeo, Gio. Every single I say this, every single race they do their absolute best to throw away points because them two, uh, those two connected in a, in the sprint, didn't they? Where I think it was uh, that I was, it was.
0: I think that was more on Kimi personally. But either honest. way, I mean, two teammates, but you
1: you give each other space. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: hundred percent. No, it it wasn't. Yeah, you know, again, Kimi. Once again, an Alfa Romeo in like a P12, P11, like that kind of area. They always seem to be close, but not quite over the line. Um, bottling it just before the line. Yeah, I mean, it's Raikkonen, isn't it? It starts from the back and still finishes ahead of his teammate. And unfortunately for Giovinazzi, like, again, I think this was a prime example of just, you know, it, it, yeah, he might be able to out-qualify Kimi Raikkonen, but you look at where Kimi is in his career and where Gio is, you think, you know, Gio needs to be outperforming Kimi in the races and he yeah. just doesn't do it often enough, does he? So
1: there's there's only so long that we can go, you know, without, you know, trying to defend him, but it's just not good enough.
0: Yeah, so reckoning it is. Uh, it was fun
1: while it lasted, Gio, I'm sorry. It was.
0: Oh, yikes. Um Will Iams, Williams, Russell Latifi. What do you think him?
1: Shout out to Latifi. It was Rus- it was King Russell in the mud in both yeah. qualifying and the spring quality. Finally. But in the race, I mean, I think yeah. Georgia was up to got up to P thirteen. P13. Yep.
0: Latifi sixteenth.
1: I mean, the points which they did not score were handed out on a Sunday. So
0: mm, I mean, yeah, look, <laughs> look. Well, look. I mean, Nicky... I'm clutching fi- to straws. Nicky here, finished right? ahead in the sprint as well. <laughs> yeah. Of George, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I, 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 Nicky wasn't happy with the strategy. The 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 team radio told him to basically shut up because yeah. he, he started to complain, and they were like, "Not on the radio, Nicky. Um. But yeah, I bet a better weekend from George. But the Williams pace just—they had that it's little really falling off. That, hasn't that it? little green patch, didn't they, where they were smashing it, and now they've just.
1: I know, it was like three races in a row. It was like podium. It was like points, points. Oh, it's brilliant. And then it just kind of dipped.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about Alpine as well. Um, I was going to say, I was waiting for them. Don't worry, because no, they had a very good weekend overall. They've kept the fight with AlphaTauri. Still on to the same points. Twelve, I think it is now. Yeah. Um, Ocon, eight. Alonso, Nine. Good weekend. Fernando actually had a poor sprint quality start because he he qualified ahead of Esteban, but fell back, not just behind Esteban, I think behind Vettel as well. Um, So I'm not sure what happened there, Um, but they've got to be happy with that. Absolutely. And this is going to be, I mean, this is Alpine versus
1: Gasly. We know it. Like, Sonoda, maybe is going to score points if he doesn't bin it. But yeah, it's it's a really interesting battle, actually. And it was, a, again, a really good one. Both Alpines working together because I know Fernando went long and then he actually did get ahead of Ocon, but the team kind of swapped them back. So uh, good teamwork from them. And it's, it's going to be interesting, actually. I'm not quite sure who's going to hang on to it, but yeah, it's going to be fun to watch.
0: In terms of head-to-head, I don't really know. I mean, I mean, I'm going to give it to Alcon because
1: qualified it ahead and yeah. he was technically ahead on the track anyway.
0: True, true. I think Alonso had a bad start to sprint, which did kind of spoil his, his race a little bit. But super close, which is what we... Again, you want two drivers. I think their quality gap is it's on average the smallest of, yeah. of any of any uh, pairing, which is 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 a good thing to have because I think they're both operating at a decent level. Um, and then Haas... Nikita Mazepin, I'm going to go with this one because Agreed. Mick Schumacher had a bit of a
1: rough race. I think he had a bad... It wasn't the best uh, spring quality from him and he did have that contact. Uh, yep. Who was it with, with actually? Kimi. With Kimi, and I do think that was They <laughs> no, more... said
0: they were going to race together, didn't they? In the, exactly. In the pre-race.
1: Uh, to be fair, on that same corner back in 2012, Schumacher, Raikkonen, what a battle and it didn't quite work out in uh, 2021. But yeah, I think it was more on Mick and by the way, Nikita Mazepin, I don't know if you saw it, he pulled off a brilliant move into turn one. I mean, that was late on the brakes right on the line and it was brilliant against his teammate as well which I don't always like when it comes to two two no, hats I,
0: I think as well you know we saw um, how upset Nikita was after um, qualifying on Friday as well because he felt like he had the the car to, uh, to out-qualify his teammate because you got to remember like the only times like Nikita's never out-qualified Mick in terms of time like Mick hasn't made qualifying because he's crashed in FP2 uh, a couple of times but um that would have been really big for, for Mazepin's confidence I think and, and obviously him finishing ahead of Mick in the race is, yeah. is good um, for him. I don't know what the race pace was like relative to be honest but from what I saw I'm gonna give that to Mazepin as well. Exactly
1: and I feel like this is almost like the first time since
0: Silverstone where we legit legitimately can say I think Nikita had a better weekend than Mick. Yeah for sure. Did I miss any teams? I think we're done. I think we're done. I think we're done. Happy days. Well thank you everyone for watching we've got the Qatar Grand Prix This weekend, which, you know, new venue. Never been there before. It's a MotoGP track. No idea. Absolutely no idea. I'm not going to bother trying to give a prediction. But yeah, thank you to everyone. for the win. (laughs) Uh, um, Thank you to everyone who's watched and listened wherever you are in the world. And I guess Aldas will see them on the next one, won't we?
1: Yep. We'll see you there. Bye-bye. Bye.